This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. Story so far, the marriage between Tom and Jan has all collapsed into a big heap. Um, Jack is still in rehab and there is a nasty, strange man that is putting a... uh, a claim on the Mermaid Yard. Anyway, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. And we are following the gorgeous, gorgeous yachty drama from the 1980s, Howard's Woo! episode was first broadcast on the 10th of November 1985 and we've rolled along now this is episode 11 in series one only a couple more episodes I to know. go dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so what does IMDB say about this episode well Jonathan mm-hmm. IMDB says in this episode Jack learns from his solicitor that his case must go to court <gasps> Lynn wonders what she and Frere have in common Frere discovers that he has reasons to get back at Tom. Kate urges Jack to tell Avril and Tom about Shellet. Leo approves of Abby's decision. Claude has a proposal for Jan, but she continues to feel loyalty to Ken. Later, Ken plays Jan a surprise visit in Cannes, and they move beyond their mutual fears. Polly opens a letter mailed to Abby. Lynn finally has to face her father, Gerald isn't as enthusiastic as Polly, who wants to hire a, a private detective and reunite Abby with her American flame. Jack's solicitor delivers news that could completely ruin Jack and Tom. Gosh. Ooh. Wow. What did you think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode. Mm. I thought it was jolly good. Yeah. Well I, done. Congratulations it, to all concerned. <laughs> I didn't like this episode. I loved it. It was amazing. Last week's episode was a little bit. There was so much going there on. There was a lot going there on. There was last a lot. Week. It was this like explosion of storylines, but then it was also sort of a literal explosion. Uh, yes, it was. Yes. Yes. I wonder how that chap is with the uh, the, the weak moustache. I suspect we'll never know. Though I think his moustache is recovering. Well, it was quite amusing. In last week's episode, they ended with a cliffhanger that there was going to be a case against the Mermaid Yard about not doing some maintenance job on the the motor launch that exploded. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be much mention of it in this this week's. You mean that was a fairly disposable storyline that... um created a cliffhanger but will never be picked up a ref- reference well, I'm to I'm not again. sure if it will be picked up or not and and, and, now they, and I was also thinking it's a boatyard with regards to yachts and it was a motor launch fiddling around with mechanics on engines I, don't, I wouldn't have thought the mermaid yard would have done that type of thing um, I, don't, I, <laughs> I, I, 
I I don't know. I I've never really thought that that deeply into it. <laughs> but I suppose you're you're right. But I I guess would a boatyard have to be multi-skilled and and deal with all sorts of different problems? Well, I suppose you'd need to deal with the, with a as bit well of an engine thing. But it's you more like thought so. yeah, you thought it's. I mean, I've I've not actually seen anyone with a with a spanner and sort of elbow with elbow grease and things That's like true. that. But in this episode, we had plenty of. Um, of uh, <laughs> saws and planes and and really quite short shorts. Who wears short shorts? We wear short shorts. Who quite marvelously short shorts? And it was it, it did actually look in this episode because in the episode we the, the, the prototype which is being made out of wood. We had it it did it's coming along really great, Garmin. I mean, from like three episodes ago when they were sort of unloading scaffolding planks. <laughs> yeah, and then last yesterday's episode, last week's episode, it was it was a skeleton. But now it's like, oh my god, yeah. who knew boats took? It didn't take that much. <laughs> that, yeah, that there much seems to, to be quite together. A, seems to be quite a short space of time <laughs> has elapsed in the Howard's Way universe, but they seem to have really gotten on very fast. Let's I say know, very I fast. Know, I, I thought that was. That, that was really British funny. workmanship at its finest. No lollygagging, <laughs> no long tea breaks. I know, yeah. So it's obviously Tom's influence, and he's probably got. He's a cracking the whip. He's probably got a spreadsheet which he's created on his BBC computer. Well, he's probably got a spreadsheet on a piece of paper <laughs> with a with a natty half 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 um, half size pencil behind his ear. Yes, slightly chewed. <laughs> Oh, so we have more Polly in this this week's episode. We oh, have I love a, yes, Polly. We have a bit of Polly, and and in this week's episode, Polly puts the kettle on. <laughs> yes, well, well, she comes out with a tea tray. Maybe she has staff. I'm sure she's got staff. Invisible staff. Invisible staff. That well, never never seen or referred they? to. <laughs> they're they're like our staff, aren't they? <laughs> Oh, well, our cleaner's coming. We definitely know they're there. So, so, the cat's looking looking very angrily at them as they, they, they drag the Henry Hoover around. <laughs> Other Hoovers are available. Yes. If Henry Hoovers would like to sponsor this podcast, we are open for a collab. <laughs> Please press the like button. This podcast Please. is sponsored by Vax. <laughs> but we've got a Henry. <laughs> so... Um, right, so we'll, we'll follow. Say, Mr. Furblow, which is now Shellett. Yes, we've 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 now managed to remember his that name. he's not Mr. Furblow from the changes. <laughs> that he is actually Dick Shellett. <laughs> Dick Shellett, sort of the long lost brother that went. Where everyone, Jack's wife's. Jack's wife's brother, brother that ran away to New Guinea or somewhere. Yes. It's just a bit. As you do. It's just a bit bonkers. Yeah, it's a bit bonkers. So, I have to confess. But so, hey ho, go with it. Just go with we, it. We see Shellett arrive, sort of knocking on the door of um, Gerald and Polly. And he's lurking around, <laughs> looking suspicious with his lurking, suspicious music with playing his in the beige background. Mac. It's not and looking it's, very attractive. Yeah. Uh, so, so beige was all the rage in New, in New Guinea. Beige was the rage or whatever, in New Guinea. Or whatever, wherever the heck he's been for all these years. What? What? what, what like, it was just uh, P- Polly really makes the most of her limited dialogue and script. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you can you can see that her finishing school training kicks in, in into gear because she she manages to be engaging and and in, 
and feign interest <laughs> in someone who is extremely peculiar without <laughs> without missing a beat, which I thought was quite quite good actually. I thought it was really good because so it, for a big, very very large house, Gerald seems to sort of grab. He's in the corner of the living room on a tiny tiny bureau. Yeah, it's a writing bureau. Oh, you would have thought a house that size. I mean, I have actually seen the plans of that ha- the actual house house. Well, it, I've not seen the plans of the actual I house have, house. I have the floor but, plan on it because it's up for sale. Well, I've not seen the plans of the actual house house, but. Um, um, it looks been... <laughs> it looks big enough to accommodate an office. It is still up for sale, but it's it's like a uh, price on application. I'm well, just... <laughs> if you have to ask the price, then you shouldn't be in the shop. <laughs> well, it is down south. I have I've actually been quite tempted to phone up the estate agents, but I'd be wrong. And we, have, can't... we can have a viewing just so that you can <laughs> so... you can you can live out your Gerald and Polly farm. You can you can, you can you can jam on an auburn wig. And um, float around in <laughs> a chiffon, chiffon house Offering coat. sausages on sticks. Yes. <laughs> and cups of tea to weirdos. It was a coffee. Coffee, sweetie. And it's on. It was very, very daintily served. So he, Shelley arrives asking for money and uh, he's got a retainer. So it's very, very obvious that... Um, uh, and Gerald Charles. just happens to have five hundred pounds of cash in an envelope jammed in the back of his it's writing bu- bureau. Yeah, so he's he's got this money uh, to give to because he's he's on an allowance. Shelley's on an allowance, so he's been he's been bought across because Charles has is funding the case and will fund. Uh, and the agreement is that the mermaid yard is sold to Charles. For a princely sum of two hundred and fifty thousand, and that was when two hundred fifty thousand was a lot of money. Oh, that's more of a sort of a wine bill. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot higher this year, this month, because we've got Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Other seasons do apply if you listen to this yeah. in the future. Yes. Maybe Easter. <laughs> I think every month we've had a celebration of some kind. Yay! It's another Howard's Way episode. So, um, so it's it's very clear that the storyline is sort of seeming to, to, to like, the, the circles are curling round and round and round on this. So Charles is uh, funding Shallot's claim on the Mermaid Yard. Um, so shall let's be put up in this hotel. I don't know why there's so much intrigue and everything, why he's got to stay in his hotel room. I don't really quite get it. No, that wasn't really explained, and I'm not sure what would happen. Maybe maybe they're worried that Jack will recognise him and run him over with his Ford Cortina, Cortina brown or, Cortina or, what, whatever it is. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, uh, it just seems a little bit. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but hey, I don't care. Well, I think I think we'll just describe it as a as it's a mystery box. It's a mystery box. It's a mystery. <laughs> Said Toya, the, the voice Wilcox. <laughs> so uh, he's on an allowance. So Gerald gives him five hundred pounds, which in fair play. I mean, well, that the, was when five hundred pounds was a lot of uh, money. That was, that was a lot of money, and it is, well, and in fairness, his hotel bills being paid for, so it's just spends. He's not spending it on on max uh well, on he, beige yeah. max he seems yeah. to have a whole a whole range of crumpled brown ones and yeah. beige ones he's like he's sort of like the one person in this whole episode who isn't fantastically dressed in high-end fashion it's yeah it's just it's just really really dowdy um so and, and he made and polly is it sort of is the hostess with the most i remember and he knocks on the door and uh, is waiting in the reception. This, this Polly, Polly's description. There's this peculiar gentleman, <laughs> sort of lurking in the entrance foyer, 
<laughs> Skelet, shall I show him in? <laughs> yes, please do come in. Would you like a coffee? <laughs> he comes in with a coffee. And then he, he sort of regales po uh, Polly with his, uh, his lady friend from Papua New Guinea. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I in fairness, I, Polly does sound quite interested. Yeah. I, I, I suspect if, if, this, if this episode was ever shown on um, proper telly, they would probably have to preface it with a, a warning that this this episode contains um, discriminatory language. <laughs> yes, very because funny. that yeah that whole exchange about that lady in, in Guinea <laughs> just, is, is a little bit. Um, but Polly did look genuinely interested. <laughs> well, I just say that that's her that's her finishing school training coming coming in, looking interested on things that would probably want to make you run out the room and have a shower. <laughs> So, so we have that. So, so, so we we're aware of the backstory. The, the exposition is is generated from there. Uh, Jack has a meeting with a solicitor, and the first meeting with the solicitor seems to be, well, he's been gone for so long. But if he does win this case, he can have the house as well. He'll have the yard. He'll have the house. You'll have to pay him profits going back to the point at which he would have inherited. And uh, and, and, and Tom will be. Well, that's a bit later on, but but every, everyone is going to be seriously inconvenienced by this. And it's mainly Jack that's going to hold the can for it. Well, everyone is going to everyone is going to suffer from 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 this, not uh, just Jack. Yeah. So it was so, and the, the Jack Kate. So obviously Jack's out, and he's been very good because he's he offers uh, Kate a brandy, and he doesn't have one. Well, I, I thought it was a little bit that that's that's a whole storyline with. Jack having a first meeting with a solicitor and then brings at the tail end of this episode um, that brings Kate in. I have no idea why he brought Kate in. It's called exposition. It's called exposition. So basically Kate cuts to the cut cuts to the chase. Because yeah, <laughs> we, we, we need to discover what the real peril is and that's that's the way that it's done. Interesting that his solicitor does home visits, I, I, I thought. Generally speaking, my, my limited experience with um, with solicitors that has, hasn't involved being bundled out of the back of a van with a, a blanket <laughs> over my head is that you tend to have to go to their offices and they charge you an arm and a leg just for allowing you to breathe their air. Yeah. So, so there's, there's Jack's solicitor, comes to his house twice. Yeah, and uh, also the other solicitor was was meeting up on the harbour ball with uh, with uh, with Mister Furbelow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I suspect the budget didn't extend to to multiple solicitors' offices. So the cheaper option is to either have the meeting furtively outside or use one of the standing sets. Mm. In fairness, it works quite well. Yeah, you, I mean, unless you're 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 like us and you think way too much about these things and watch episodes probably more often than they were ever intended um <laughs> joe public doesn't clock a damn thing no I mean, so to so say that the peril of the yard is it's escalating the peril of the yard that sounds like um, a sherlock holmes novel dun, dun, dun. Or a, co a cozy mystery <gasps> it's a mystery oh gosh that toy toy's theming yeah. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by Tori Wilcox. Other po other faded pop stars uh, yeah, can other, apply. <laughs> other nineteen eighties pop stars are available. <laughs> oh, so I would prefer much much for Kate Bush. Um, so, but, uh, but she's out of our budget. <laughs> yes. 
yeah until she does another until, until, until she does another concert to her so look yeah, <laughs> i wouldn't hold your breath <laughs> no. i think she only did that because her, her house is falling off a cliff or something and her son bullied her into doing it <laughs> yes um so so we've got the storyline so the storyline of the, the the yard in peril we've got that um i'm saving the beth storyline to last okay Mm. Um, and then we have the Lynn and Charles storyline. Yeah. So remind me, what's the Lynn and Charles storyline? Lynn, well, so in l- last week's episode, um, Lynn ha- agreed to go on a dinner date to be picked up by Charles's car. Motor. We we wondered whether she was going to end up on a chopper or not, but clearly she doesn't. No, she ends up on the back of his yacht. Yes, she didn't um, end up on the back of his rally bomber. So she goes to she she's dressed to, to the, impress. Really, she <laughs> yeah. Just just a, a slight aside before we continue with this. One thing that definitely occurred to me is that the the um the fashion budget seems to have been uh, cranked up towards. There must have been some money left towards the end of the uh, end of the series because everyone it from, is everyone is, is wearing much better clothes. Than they, than they started off with even even tom with his farah slacks <gasps> yes he, yeah he uh, tom filled his out well filled slacks really well didn't and kate and her she she wears a, a quite a snazzy twin set and uh, with a nice a nice jacket and all the rest of it so so it definitely suggests that that they have cranked up the couture it does seem to because the the, the fashion storyline is coming into into play and but the shoulder pads. There was a lot of shoulder pad action on this episode. Uh, we've got Lynn with, who look, who's quite a petite person, and she was looking. It looked like she was wearing a parachute. Yeah, Lynn has about twelve changes of of clothing in this episode. <laughs> but the 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 the, the ga- It was it was like a a, a gown esque sort of thing that she was wearing. Well, at one point she looked like she was wearing a. Uh, an Annika Rice style yes. stop the clock jumpsuit. Stop suit. the clock! And so the helicopter coming out. Like, I've got a clue. I've got a clue. <laughs> anyway, so 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 Lynn, Lynn, Lynn and Charles sort of meet up on the back of the boat. Um, <laughs> on the back of the boat. That sounds a bit like a. <laughs> so they're having champagne on the back of the boat. Yeah, Samantha they, is. Um, is, is te- she seems to do everything. She's like she's yeah. she she sort of takes old personal assistant role to her to the nth degree and we see them chomping down on some hovis and some caviar yes very traditional brown bread and butter and caviar very traditional way to eat caviar. apparently the queen, that's how the queen eats caviar really but the oh. queen doesn't eat caviar Does she not? oh she only gets it when she gets it she only doesn't buy it she gets no. it as a gift and from she somewhere used, in russia with the russian embassy or something no she she always the, the queen always used to get um caviar from the shah of iran oh right but obviously after the the iranian revolution in the late 70s that supply of caviar dr- oh, was, was that the one up. where the, the the oh the diplomat house was was uh, they, they were holding up and they had t- they had hostages and things yes didn't they? yes i remember that yes. gosh because that went on for some time didn't it well I think. well yes <laughs> did go on for some and it was yeah oh god yeah I completely forgot about that we have, we have gone through some really in our lifetime we have gone through some really really quite bonkers politically things haven't we well and it and it never stops 
It just keeps on. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Anyway. So, uh, with Lynn's on the back of the boat. Uh, clinging on. Cling, clinging on to the back of the boat. And they seem to have dragged the patio furniture or the patio table into the, the saloon of the boat. In fairness, that does not look very glamorous at all. Uh, well, it's certainly making me think that, that living living on a yacht doesn't seem to be as all it's cracked up to be if you have to have your dinner off a patio table and some wicker, the steering wicker wheel. chairs <laughs> in the, the captain's cabin or whatever. Yeah, so um, so it, it, what, they made the most, tried to make the most of it. So they were having a little bit of a conversation. I'm just thinking Charles is, is, is dating Lynn because it's another nail in the coffin of the mermaid jar to get at Tom, perhaps? Well, maybe that's where the storyline was sort of going. Yeah, but I think at this point, unless unless Charles is a, a master of deception, he didn't seem to know anything about that, really. You know, but he doesn't discover the, the Avril connection until after they've started having dinner, doesn't, oh. doesn't he? So, so I... I I think this is just my view. Correct me if I'm wrong. Leave mm-hmm. comments, etc. Tweet mm-hmm. us. But it, it seems to me that it starts off anyway as as a a genuine attraction, and then then he discovers a bit more about Lynn and and her connection with the mermaid Jard, and she tells him Avril and all the rest of it. So I think it turns into a scheme, but a little bit later on. Yeah. So, and Lynn, sorry love, never put out on the first date. It, sorry. It's a schoolgirl error. It is. I mean, Abby will tell you all about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it just, yeah. So, I mean, obviously she's wowed because she's being wined and dined rather than, Caviared. Being, rather than, rather than being roughly fondled outside being offered to take it to have... By Giles from... No, because remember she she had a, like a, oh, nearly a, nearly a date rape thing with an old school pal yeah, that walked yeah. her home, or sorry, a yacht pal. So she's 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 in the hands of a gentleman, yeah, who knows not, how to treat a lady. Well, he knows how to woo someone out of the knickers anyway, and he it, manages it's a very that. complicated gusset in yes. that, underneath that that sort of luminous gown that she was wearing. Um, so she sleeps with him, obs obs obs, and stays over obs. obs. Uh, and then turns into needy, needy, dainty yes, person. Yes, because he doesn't phone. Yes, he says he's going to phone you, phone the phone the next day. Yes, um, but his excuse is that he said that it was after midnight. It was after midnight, and because it was it was around about six in the morning or something. So this is the next day because she gets really, really super anxious and dashing to the phone every time it rings. Yes, and grandmother comes round and sort of helps herself to the drinks cabinet. Yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tom. Tom has actually started drawing, draw, drawing, penciling in a line on the, on the brandy bottle. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, Lynn gets a super anxious and everything. So I think maybe she's regretting sleeping on the first date. I mean, that's sorry. It's, it, it's, it, it's yeah, not good. Uh, you, you've got to make them. You've got to wine and dine before you're sixty-nine, love. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I want to think about that on a, this time <laughs> on a Sunday morning. You should be in church. Yeah. Wash your filthy mouth out. <laughs> At a social distance. <laughs> Away from the vicar. Um, so, um, so she's, I think she's regretting, potentially regretting sort of 
putting out early and then she's turning into his like slightly psychotic girlfriend but the moment she they do meet up because he goes into the yacht club for drinks with the with some businessmen and then suggests to take her out for dinner and there's a gets, lot of dinners being eaten there's, there, there is a lot and lot of why dinners. they why they aren't all absolutely enormous is beyond me i mean, it, I, mean I think we didn't really go in the 80s I mean, we, we did go to dinner but it was a special occasion, and but they seem to maybe they're just saying, well, that the the filthy rich and that sort of class are going out for dinner all the time. But we ne- we never we saw it maybe three four times a year. Yeah, at, at most, and it at was the most. Uh, it was generally speaking, it was a a, a dressing up. Sort yeah, it was it was sort of dress, thing. It, dressed it was, to impress. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember I remember that with my mum and dad, we a couple of times we went to a fancy place that my aunt and uncle who were um, who who had a shop, so they were far wealthier than than us, and they actually, apropos nothing, they they I think they must have gone to this fancy fancy smancy place probably about once a month. Ooh. So they were definitely, and they used to hobnob with their shop owning <laughs> business business crowd, and and we went along a couple of times. It was all very posh, but other than that, you know, it was like a trip. I remember my first trip to to the Chinese. Chinese restaurant. My mum was very suspicious. She wanted to order from the European menu. Really? Oh, I remember when we first we went to the Joy King restaurant. I'd never had Chinese before. I, when I was brought up with a very, very sort of meat and two veg, and then my mother was husband number two. You should have grown up in Scotland. Then you'd know all about meat and two veg. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it, it was. It was. It, it. We had fish on a Saturday, on a Friday because obviously. Um, being good Catholics, um, we had a roast on a Sunday, and then, yeah, and it was it was we had chicken on a Sunday. Oh well, yeah, it was right. We, uh, it was beef or, or what have you. And unless my mum was on a diet, then we usually had like really weird things with apricots in them or something. Oh, she was couscous and things like yes. that. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, so they they do eat a house a lot. Maybe that's because uh, when you're eating out, it was sort of a very very impressive so it, what we're learning is that very wealthy people eat out a eat lot, out a lot. Now, um we used to eat out a lot but we're not very very wealthy so that's probably why we're so poor i'm quite liking not eating out I mean, th- th- this, this whole sort of pandemic 2020 situation i'm actually quite enjoying not going out as much i, I mean because the garden we've we sort of getting hammered in the garden frequently with we can have deep fried beige in the back garden it's yeah. lovely yeah we and stuff the stuff the the freezer with with beige with beige and then we just heat it stuff up. the fridge with with wine with wine and gin and tonic uh so yeah so i've i'm i'm quite liking this whole sort of reboot i mean and i, and I obviously coming up to christmas because we're in tier two um we can maybe go out for a nice meal um, and we as can make as an long event. as it's substantial, we can make it. We can make a little event of it, and uh, I think that's nice. And sort of because we're eating out, has become a bit. Mm. Um, well, like anything, if you do too much of it, then it, it becomes it stops the, being. Yeah, it becomes special. complacent. So, uh, eating out all the time. So it, it was probably one of those hammer home where I said this is the glamour glitterati. Yes. Um, so. I think, that, I think that's good, but again, I say we're obviously having lots of sex or exercising a lot because they're they're, they're still sort of they're still very trim and they're still managing managing to fit into their couture. Their, their couture their designer gear. 
So Lynn, Lynn instantly forgives Charles the moment he comes into the yacht club. And bats his long yeah. eyelashes at her. So, because uh, so, obviously we, we've not seen Charles in, in the yacht club apart from when he was dragged in by... Uh, by Ken Masters. Well, this is the second time he's seen him in the yacht, in the yacht, yacht club. club. The first time was when he met Lynn, and the second time is when he's he's taken two business he's taken people. two business people and made up with, with Lynn. Lynn, and uh, and explained that when he said tomorrow, he meant the day after. Uh, but the thing is, Lynn was a schoolgirl error again. She complained that he hadn't phoned rather than being nonplussed. Needy, oh, yeah, needy. needy. Sorry, that's it's not an attractive sight. So. Very, very. Well, maybe she, she's just falling for the package rather than the person. I think, um, which is, which is, which is big quite mistake. Big, big mistake. And uh, do do you think she'll she'll discover how big a mistake she's made at some point during the I think remaining the, episodes? I think, the, I think the clue will drop in the very final episode of this series. Can't <gasps> wait. I can't imagine what's going to happen. Oh no, no, yes. So, any more to say about Lynn and Charles, or Nothing have we reached the end of their? Uh, so that 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 storyline was going quite nicely. Um, we say, so, uh, well, I'd like to go back to Polly and uh, and Gerald because certain angles of the uh, where this was filmed, Gerald had a look of Roger Moore about him. Okay, and uh, and you say so Gerald, although he's you mean he should have been cast as the as the new Bond. Yeah, well, he, well, he, I think he's probably this, uh, when this was filmed. He's probably about a similar age to Roger Moore. What do you mean, too old <laughs> to be <laughs> Bond? <laughs> I love Roger Moore as uh, as as James Bond. Yes, he was my Bond. Yeah, and no, no, yeah. he definitely wasn't my Bond. Was it? Oh, it was Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I, in fairness, Timothy Dalton was seriously good as Bond, um, but. Honestly, I thought, and Gerald does look so quite handsome in, in from in, a certain angle. From, from, yeah, and there's a there's a certain look and panache about him. And well, it's definitely it's a bit debonair, I suppose. Whatever he, that yes, means. He ha, yeah, he has got a certain. Mm, He's got a je ne sais quoi yeah, he about has. him, and you can understand. I he likes saying, it shaken, not stirred. I mean, I, th- I mean, I really think the whole Polly and Gerald storyline could have gone much further because they were really good mates. They came across as really good mates because a couple of the, uh, a few episodes ago when they were having a drink together and sort of having a bit of bit uh, of banter, a, a banter, and um, banter. I mean, the chemistry between those two was brilliant, really, really good. So yeah, so that, that's I said that that's the, I'd like to do a little side note that, that yeah, so it's got a bit of a bond thing about him. It does look a bit debonair. So we don't see much of Tom and Avril, um, except for Tom in his Farris slacks and Tom sort of making up with Lynn. Yes, because Lynn's obviously she's she's more highly strung, and. Sort of with, uh, the child situation is a nice diversion, but that's making her even more highly strung. So they have their first encounter, really, since the whole post breakup. Post breakup, when he when Tom goes around to collect some of his things, yeah. it's not become clear where's Tom's moved to. That's true. Um, so are, are, are we presuming, assuming that he's presuming moved in with Avril? There's been nothing to give any indication that he's moved in with Avril. No. Uh, and Kate's, and I would be 
I would be surprised if he'd moved in with Avril because that didn't really strike me as being something he'd be very likely to do. To do. So I wonder where he's gone. Um, Maybe he's staying in the same hotel that Mr. Furbelow is staying in. <gasps> he's in the next room. He's hearing scratching sounds coming from Mr. Furbelow. He's, he's scratching scratching pictures of the, uh, the, the mermaid yard or something. Um, <laughs> scratch and sniff. Uh, so, yeah, that's not become very clear. We don't see much of Tom in this episode, but we, we we do have a little bit of banter that the boat, the prototype boat that's being built, is being built in wood. Yeah, and it's, it's a real boat. It's not It's not a form, mm-hmm. I think, is a technical expression. Get me. Yeah? It's not a form. And I think that's form with an E on the end, if I... Mm, I maybe think not. so, maybe. But it's actually a proper proper boat that's being built i would but and that's pro- when we cut to, to 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 young gentlemen in very short short cut off daisy duke denim shorts, shorts? shorts? So turning um, those scaffolding planks into a really hel- a good help however the when uh jack in an earlier episode uh with picking holes in his list a tad when they're picking holes in it, um, Jack said that he couldn't do the, the hull design in wood. And that's when it all kicks off that it was going to be the plastic fantastic. So they may have found found a new way of doing it. And perhaps when they did the prototype with the boffins in the tank, they suddenly realised, oh, it would work. Hey, Perhaps. Though, though you're maybe overthinking it. You have to remember that programmes like this were never really made with the the knowledge that people would buy dvd box sets and watch them endlessly and discover that some aspects of the plot don't necessarily tie up very neatly no but after howard's way did after howard's way was launched uh, so many people got into sailing and the the boats that were created or or featured were became super super popular because because everyone wanted to be part of that yachting scene which is quite lovely but i mean i think that everyone's got the glamorous expectations of what it's going to be like it's like with horse ownership and having a pony or having stables everyone thinks it's a jolly good thing but really it's a lot of bloody hard work now speaking of horse ownership i know we have we meet is it verity or what's the name they say lydia 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 who we met who we met at the gallery opening then met again with kate turns out she's a friend of kate and a horse horsey friend of kate and and by crikey kate's bought she's the leg of a she's bought a a racehorse a share in a racehorse that's going to cost i think is it two thousand pounds a year her share of it um, just so that's for 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 stabling. It's for stabling. Well, stabling does cost a fortune, and vet bills alone. Um, yeah. Well, and we, so, I mean, we sort of begin to get a hint here that Kate's not quite as well off as her lifestyle might otherwise suggest. But then again, she's she's driving a, a Morris Traveller, and yeah, it's not it's not, an, it's not it's not an ironic way of she's not driving. No, that's, a, it. that's a social experiment. <laughs> So you imagine she's had that, she's loved it, and she's using it and using it and using it and using it until it dies. Uh, it's one of those, those vehicles that will keep going. Um, I was actually talking talking to one of the ladies at work, and one of her, uh, her she's into classic cars. They're into motorbikes and things like that. Her and her husband, um, sort of, uh, and a friend of theirs had a Morris Traveller, 
and they souped it up they put a, a much bigger engine in and uh, it, i mean he's like, he must be in his late 50s or something and <laughs> surprises sort of yowth at the traffic lights when they're trying to rev up and <laughs> basically these and they're burning these, rubber they're burning rubber there's boris traveler just that did make me titter because <laughs> so, she was reading a classic car magazine in, in the breakout area so and it did have a morris traveler on the front page <laughs> sort of instant flashbacks to to kate and her delightful car so um so yeah so we've got a bit of a storyline that she's 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 got her pension um but she hasn't got a great deal else but she can but she's been saving up her sort of winnings from the bookies and everything so she's investing in a horse that's got a, that 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 storyline on that one yeah little it's, it's, nugget yeah, it's, of a storyline yeah, it's not going to work out well for kate i suspect she's yeah. she's, she's overstretching her budget yeah buying horses so she's gonna to have to sort of uh, cut back on her sherry bill so so we've got a little bit of a nugget of a storyline with that so it's quite a nice sort of we, we had more on the sort of the, the jack and kate um we have a little bit on abby and leo where i so say both episodes this episode both tom and abby are going to collect their things so abby goes lets herself into the house to go and takes collect leo more. it takes leo to get more things and she announces that she's going to have the baby after all so she's she's so actually this whole writing bureau really comes into its own in this in, the, in this episode because it gets used it's a prop that gets used twice because uh, abby starts rifling through it looking for premium bonds or whatever the heck it was that she got from an auntie or yeah something like that um and of course leo then assumes that she's going to want that money to pay for the abortion but actually, it turns out that she's going to need the money because she's going to have the baby. Yay! And Leo is thrilled. Is thrilled. And then, cut subsequently, gives up his job because he's helping her out. I, yeah, I don't know that's how. sensible. That, that's, yeah. So sensible, we're gonna, Leo. We're going to shove ourselves into the state. We'll get a free house and uh, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> so, that, that again, that's a bit silly. Yes, um, it's, a bit, it's a little bit silly because rather than giving up his job to look after Abby, he ought to really be looking for something that perhaps pays more than petrol pump attendant and and rather and rather than just toss the, the, the his notice into boise in charge of the garage uh, he goes all the way to ken masters he goes to ken masters to straight say, to the top so I'm, I'm i've got to do something else to yeah. look after a friend i think john charles wasn't available for this episode yeah so that's it uh, but it seems about Ken offers more money, ten pounds. There's, mo there's more. There's money. Not spend ten pounds was a lot of money. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's going to be your catchphrase this episode, isn't it? That that was a lot of money then. So um, I'm just surprised that they're actually talking about actual cash sums and not twenty percent. Twenty percent of an unspecified larger sum. <laughs> so it, it is really quite witty. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Yes, you're very trying. Uh, so, and so also, just to I guess just to wrap up the 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 Gerald, Polly, Abby, Leo storyline, mm. a letter arrives. A letter arrives from a squeeze that Polly has opened up because it was naughty. Polly, naughty Polly. opening other people's mail. Yes, he's opened up the thing and then has realised that Abby has 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 uh, sort of. 
fluttered her eyelashes in the direction of someone who's incredibly wealthy. And this Orin. is the first time we hear the name Orin Hudson. Hudson, yes. We'll hear more of the Hudsons in, in, in later episodes. Polly's put out her feelers and discovered that the Hudsons are as rich as Croesus. Yes, which is which They're dripping in money, and is now going to to hire a private investigator and there was to a, find there, Abby and then toss her in the direction of the Hudsons. <laughs> the Hudsons, <laughs> pimp your daughter out. Yeah, uh, little does Polly realise <laughs> exactly what the position is. There was a there was a little bit of witticism because uh, they, they mentioned someone who they they know whose wife uh, sort of constantly employs. <laughs> employs private detectives to get dirt on their husband so they get a higher allowance <laughs> that, was, that was really quite quite good and uh, uh gerald turns around and say well say so i'm gonna drop your allowance <laughs> 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 so there was there was really nice chemistry there so we got to come to the uh, you've been just you've been uh, looking uh, forward uh, to this is, 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 it, is it, are we going to talk about can? Can! I didn't say, it, I say yeah, air, air quotes. Can and air quotes. So Jan has gone to do fashion with John, with Clot. <laughs> Claude. 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 Claude de Pont. Claude. Uh, so, so she, she goes, she goes away to Can on her own to uh, discuss fashion. Um, and what what evidence do we have that she's in Cannes and not in some chilly <laughs> chilly poolside somewhere in the Midlands? Well, we see, we see the Crossroads Motel. We see, we see the, 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 the under a parasol next to the swimming pool where two topless ladies are wandering around <gasps> casually, looking French and shit. Yeah, <laughs> very chic. With I mean, for Christ's sake, this was. This was just after Songs of Praise. I know. And then suddenly you've got some... You've got some, bare boobage. Some, some bad boobage bouncing around. Uh, and sort of, yeah, it's... <laughs> it was slightly surprising. I was, I was a little bit taken aback by it. I, I, I wasn't... I'm sorry, but I just wasn't prepared to have to have bare breasts some, thrust some, in my direction. Some, some boobage. It's sort of enough to put you off your appetite, yeah. isn't it? So we now clearly established that the, she is, in fact, in, in Cannes, <laughs> even Can. though we see absolutely nothing of Cannes whatsoever. <laughs> no. All we see is, is a poolside and the interior of a hotel room, basically. Yeah. So it, it, the hotel room is made to be look quite French with uh, Louis the what's it bed and blah 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 yeah. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. yeah so no, we uh, don't we don't see an angle out the window but i'm sure they would have a diorama with the with the eiffel tower on it or something like that yeah we don't, I don't think the eiffel tower is in Cannes, really no <laughs> no <laughs> we were saying so we had we had a, a lovely horrible holiday in paris didn't we which uh, don't get me wrong paris is, paris lovely, is lovely but not in august but not in august not in the hottest august on record and i'd made a, a dear listeners i made a small error of judgment in booking the hotel the hotel i booked in it wasn't where i thought it was yeah, uh, so you didn't realize it it was it was about 100 miles away from it wasn't 100 miles away but it, 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 it felt like it on the sweaty tram yeah oh, yeah and it just seemed like lots hard of hearing they used to shout at each other uh, till about three or four in the morning, 
across balconies and everything and so you couldn't go anywhere without being offered drugs and there was no air conditioning there's no air conditioning this, this so, hotel. So paris in august is phenomenally horrible uh, and hot and so and we had a romantic walk down the dual carriageway to the cement hand works. in hand past the cement works <laughs> and there's an equivalent of the fast and furious on, yes. on mopeds meeting up on the scene um, and then we booked into <laughs> into, yes, into another hotel. To heck with this! <laughs> Screw this! We need something with air conditioning. So, and we, so we booked we into a conference hotel that had air conditioning. We never left. We never left. We had our anniversary meal in the foyer because it was air conditioned. Marvelous. I, I think it's a, it, yeah. Because we we've had fabulous holidays. And you, and you told reception that it was our anniversary and they upgraded us. They upgraded us to a suite, which was lovely. But they did have a really nice roof terrace. It was didn't our they? anniversary, but it wasn't our. It wasn't a memorable anniversary. It, it, just was, a memorable. <laughs> it was a memorable one. It just happened to be an But it did have the, that roof, the, the roof terrace bar was amazing because you had great vistas straight across and you could see the, um, the, Eiffel, the Tower. Eiffel Tower, which was very, very lovely. So, uh, but I'm never doing Paris in August. I wouldn't mind oh. going back to Paris again because we did see some really nice stuff. What we've, what we've learned over the last couple of years is don't go to Paris in August. Don't go to New York in January. Um, and don't go to northern European countries in the uh, winter. In the winter, because it's cold. It's cold and miserable. So anyway, back to Howard's way. Uh, with back, Jan. To, back to Cannes. Jan doing fashion. In, fashion. In, fashion. The capital F. So Claude offers to says, well, why don't we do something just together rather than get involved, sort of your employer? And she is no. Yes, she, but she, Jan shows terrific loyalty. To Ken. At, the, at this point, terrific loyalty to to, to, Ken. to Ken, and oh, which I think is good on her. She's really good because she's, she's there on Ken's dollar, as yeah, they say. Yeah, exactly. So. And so, uh, so she's she's sort of like she's enjoying the the experience, and she's seeing fashion and fashion designers, and then well, we, so we're so we're told in the exposition, we we don't actually have any direct evidence of that no. particularly. Um, and then Ken arrives. Ken, sort of, there's a there's, a, there's a, a bit of comic relief. There's, comic there is relief. there is a comic relief where Ken's on the phone just seeing how she's going, and then sort of uh, hi, how are you doing? And then knocks on the door of the hotel. Tends to be room service. Room service with a with bottle a, of champagne and a terrible French accent. Yes, and oh, they're just the chemistry was just. And, and Ken is really committed to, to his fashion choices in this episode. He is, although, and he's very committed to his English breakfast. Yes. Which is just a bit cringy because there's a, a, a Ken. She sort of reminded me of my, my mother when we would go on holiday. Take some mints. To, 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 yeah. well, actually, <laughs> actually, yes. That is actually true, but let's. I, I wasn't quite where I was where I was going going with this when we didn't go self catering when we stayed in. The couple of times where we stayed in a hotel, um, my mum was very sniffy about the continental breakfast. <laughs> she wanted something a bit more substantial than a, a plate of cereal. And, this is a muesli and a croissant. And a croissant. <laughs> quite like a croissant. I love croissant, actually. Uh, we shall have some for Christmas. <laughs> I wanted a croissant, but I can't have one. I didn't have any. Maybe a wagon wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but so Ken there's a really lovely chemistry and um he makes it, he, he makes a move on on Jan and kisses her and then she's no but she's very smitten then he sort of actually says I love you 
and it was really tender Aww. it was lovely we had, we had all the feels it was it was you could see you could see that, that I, I wonder if I keep wondering if say if if, say, if Jan and Stephen uh, Jan Harvey and oh, don't, Stephen no. Steve, I'm not going to ask that question no, don't whether they started dating before this scene because there was really really good chemistry between the two of them and it, it it's just mm, it's really good it could just be acting yeah but you could you could feel that there was a bit <laughs> I, I, could, oh, John, I could feel it yeah yeah Jonathan, with his his very famous lack of empathy, suddenly decides to to develop some oh, watching no, Howard's way. Really, it was really really sweet, and and plus that that story the story arc is really nice because Ken is putting everything onto Jan how she wants to do it, how she wants to act on it, and what she wants, um, rather than. Uh, he's put his cards on the table. Yes. And but don't forget, though. Don't forget, we've seen, we've seen how he treated Dawn. Yeah. So I yeah, yeah my, I just put that down to bad script writing on that episode. Why are you whispering? I don't know. No one can hear you when you whisper. You can, can't you, dear listener? Um, so yeah, and then there's a bit, a bit of nonsense with regards to him ordering a cooked breakfast and not wanting. Marmalade or something. Well, he wants something. marmalade. He wants, he wants marmalade. English marmalade. <laughs> marmalade d'anglais. <laughs> marmalade d'anglais. <laughs> and Claude comes along and says, Right, we've got a full pat day. And Jan asks, Well, am I wearing the right thing to go on this super yacht and blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of mention of lots and lots of money. And that peaks people with money. People with money. And that really does peak Ken's, Ken's interest. interest. Because he likes money. He likes money. Like yeah. He likes people with money. He because does. Because he thinks that, that he might manage to get them to give, Some the, of the money give to him. him their money. Yeah, which I think is real. Which is, I, I think he's learning. And but and also, where he goes, he blusters into a situation like he did with the Polly, uh, the Polly's, Polly and Gerald's sort of cocktail party looking like a waiter in his white tux. Where I think he's, the, the, the way that storyline is going, because Jan actually asks, what should I wear? To it, so and I think that he's learning because he's learning through through Jan of, so you can ask these questions. Is that, I mean, you're not going to be silly. Don't just bluster into a situation. Ask, because people are quite happy to if you just if you ask the right questions, um, and you say, well, okay, what should I wear? What what's what what what's the the state of play? What's rather? the dress code? Yeah, oh yeah, and and just asking the question rather than. Just pretending you know the answer because people don't mind do it. Don't mind that. Is, is it a dressy event? Is it a non-dressy event? Yeah, yeah. Meh. So, meh, meh. So, so that's that. So, and that's their storyline is just oh, Mimsian. And I, it was just uh, I like that in Can. I think we've got more of Can in next week's episode. I mean, yeah. Can, well, how can we have? We can't have less of Can since we haven't had any Can. Not can, really. Can. I think yeah, I think we have got more. Uh, but actual footage of downtown Cannes. Well, we, no, no. It, it's probably. It's, or is it, it's, it's some more chilly um, poolsides somewhere well, in the Midlands. I think you've, it, it's like the fast net. We've got a little bit of cutaway scenes for for, for Cannes, and I think so. I think I think next week there's a restaurant scene. If I remember it all rightly, 
because uh, it's been a while since I've. Oh, the redressed the Caspers set. No, no, we don't see much of Caspers. We haven't. We say I think in subsequent episodes we see much, much more of Caspers. So yes, actually, I've got a desire to set up a restaurant and call it Caspers. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Will there be a band and dancing? Potentially, we have to employ Stephen Yardley and John. Uh, what, for uh, night, nightly tango demonstrations? Nightly tango lessons. It'll be like Strictly Come Dancing. Really amazing. Wow. <gasps> I wonder if they... Uh, yeah, uh, well, that sounds marvellous. That does sound... I wonder if they, they're, they're sort of... They're consider having Stephen Yardley or Jan Har- Harvey on Strictly Come Dancing. Because that would be kind of cool. But I don't know if they're sort of in the public eye anymore. Or... They're not, they're what are you saying, Jonathan? Uh, what are you saying? I know. They need to set up a TikTok channel or some such nonsense. <laughs> so. And how can, how, can, how can I put this without sounding mean? But um, you're remembering them I'm as not, they were yeah. in Howard's way. I think I'm actually older than Jan Harvey as when Jan Harvey was playing Jan Howard. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, but they, to me, they never age. Well, that's that's the beauty of of, of this, I, I I guess, is that um, yeah, that you know, in the in the in the minds of people like Jonathan, you'll be forever, forever in your late thirties or whatever, early forties, <laughs> mid four. I don't know. Yeah, I could, yeah, it yeah, it's just. Oh. It's but a form of immortality. It is. It, it is marvellous. So it's, it's their storylines will constantly be going on in in the Tarrant set, and I think that's really quite lovely. And it's it's great because they don't age, and those stories are always there. They're you timeless know, stories. They're, they're ti- and it is, in fairness, it is a timeless story. It's 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 about romance, and it's trying to do better and improve yourself. Um, and then you've got so you. I think that's that's the good thing about that. You've got lots of plot lines. You've got Ken is is trying to prove that he's worthy, but he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. Um, but he thinks he does. Um, we've got Jan that's finding a passion for fashion, and she's her journey is evolving. And you've got Tom that is he's evolving as well. But then you've got Charles Freer that's looking for domination. We don't actually find out what his motivation is. I think we do in Well we do in we subsequent do subsequently. Ep- uh, subsequently. Well, we don't I don't think we find really find out what Ken Masters motivation is. Really. He just wants we, to be better. We he don't, wants but to we be don't, part of it. Yes, but but there'll be a there'll be a he'll have a history. Mm. And we don't we don't really get to know Ken's history. No. We don't. I mean, about it, his his family, his early life, and his family. That because that that would be the wellspring of his of his actions during the. But we don't have any context for Ken. No. In the way that we get plenty of context for Charles Freer. Lots of well, lot that in subsequent episodes, and we've got lots of context for Jan and Tom, and Avril, and Jack. Um, but but Ken remains a a, a mystery. But I think that's really nice because we get to. We have to work, and we have to. We make this. We can make our own assumptions. And I, I don't think he's had a a privileged life. By no, I, my my fantasy of of Ken Masters is that he um, probably had a fairly tough Childhood. upbringing in the on the the mean streets mm. of wherever, wherever London, perhaps or yeah. I mean, I think he's a bit of a, del, a bit of a del boy that he's wheeled and he's, he's dealed. He's, yeah, he's, he, and he's he's made his own 
his own way. Self-made. When he was fourteen, he he bought a wheelbarrow and he borrowed he borrowed ten bob and bought a wheelbarrow and started delivering coal or something. I don't I, <laughs> I don't, don't know. know I don't know. <laughs> I don't like that. that. Sounds like a Warburton's. And then he started making bread and yeah, then he had started, a bike. Started cycling up a very steep hill <laughs> in a flat cap and shorts, woolen shorts. And a cardigan. <gasps> talking of cardigans, oh, my headmaster's cardigan. cardigan has arrived. And it I, has. Oh, I love it. I love it. Has. We will post photos so I can reboot my CNA youth model for candidate yeah. wear. So what what we'll what we'll do is we'll we'll do a side by side comparison. We'll have the, <laughs> the the photo from the cover of the knitting pattern, and we'll have Jonathan sporting his his version of it. At least have a haircut before we do that. I've got I've booked into the hairdressers, but it's a couple of weeks away. So yeah. we dear listeners, we will do it before Christmas. Trust trust us. Um, but yes, my cardigan, my Ken Masters cardigan has has arrived and it, I love it I love it so much thank you very much Alison from Buckinghamshire that did the did the knitting for me you did so well because my little knitter that I found on a knitting cycle uh, knit, 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 a knitting, knitting cycle uh, yes yes they bicycle while knitting it's very oh, very very good marvellous right, they, they crash helmets and knitting needles it's it, marvellous it, yes it's I'm, I'm sure they have to wear goggles or something for the sort of so she, she knitted it together at, while also moving house but Gosh. this and oh it's lovely she's even put her own little label in knitted by Alison it's great I love it marvellous oh I love all these it's, sort of, it's amazing sort of how <laughs> nowadays a few years ago it would have been like a new car a sports car or something but now it, it, it's, it's having, a Ken Masters it's a cardigan Ken Masters cardigan <laughs> life is now marvellous my life is complete <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so doing, we're thinking about who we're going to cast as Lynn. Oh God! Yeah, uh, that's that was my thought, um, <laughs> and I, I think it it's it is just so challenging because you need someone that's going to be sporty, but also show vulnerability, but also have a little bit of poshness and I just don't I really I'm having a huge trouble um for it I I I think I think we probably will struggle because that's a sort of role that would probably be taken by a newcomer who by definition we won't have heard of before it's hard to I, I I struggle to think of anyone established that would that they would sort of fit into that role particularly but having said having said that having said having that, said that um there was the um the queen's gambit um the actress that plays the 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 the, the, the titular character um she's super quirky and i imagine and i think she could she could probably play that really well because and her well, name while, while is, Jonathan desperately googles it's it's uh, Anya Taylor Joy, but she's she's really really got that whole quirkiness. However, I I, I think she would be. 
I think See, I don't think I don't think Lynn's particularly quirky. I mean, if you, if it's a quirky actress, she's probably better suited for Abby. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, so looking at it now, I just, I'm just thinking maybe, maybe because she's got that. She's just, yeah. So okay, let's do the casting for Abby. I'm thinking. <laughs> who sh- who shall we? Who shall you cast for Abby, Jonathan? I think well, first we should cast for her is Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, that's a surprise. Well, that's a surprise because I mean, the thing is, she's got a bit of. You can see that. It's, the actress had the whole range in the, the Queen's Gambit, which we devoured that series on Netflix. And I think she would be a really good Abby because she could look vulnerable, but also she's got strong, but also she can do glam as well. So you can imagine her, she, she's got that whole, that whole thing going for her. Um, where Lynn, oh, okay. Who would you think for Lynn though? We are, I, as I said, I think, I think we're going to have to put Lynn on. Uh, L- L- we have to use Lynn next week. We're going to have to have a good old think about that. Yeah. But I think uh, for Abby, that would be Anya Taylor Joy because she's got that whole Bjorky sort of quirkiness thing going on. And also, she can look super, super glam. And I think she would bring the equal quality of depth that the actress that played Abby brought to the character. Yeah. Well, if we if we are if we are recasting Abby in this in this episode, mm. I would suggest Jodie Comer. What has she been in? She plays Villanelle. Villanelle in Killing Eve. <gasps> oh yes. Oh yes. Gosh, think, that think, is a good one. I think she could bring a definite degree of quirkiness to Abby. And you, it, it's a no-nonsense thing. She could show vulnerability, but also the, yeah. the, the instant power and the strength. Oh, So that would be my Ooh. suggestion for Abby. <gasps> oh, fabulous. So, dear listener, who would you choose for to be Abby? Indeed, who would you choose to be Lynn? Lynn since Lynn. we are scratching we're our scratching. heads, we're scratching. We'll have to do Lynn. We have to have 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 someone for Lynn next week. So without, Lynn. without de- defaulting to my standard, someone from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, yeah, just like rattle through the Game of Thrones catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, I think that's so. Oh gosh. I want, I, I want a reboot of Howard's Way. And I want, I want us to be the casting directors. Yeah, you'd be fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, oh, fantastic. So, dear yeah. listeners. I don't, I don't think whoever whoever commissions this rebooted version will have quite have the budget for our casting decisions. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, it, it, I think we are coming into the right zone where we've got an economic downturn and we need something which is light, frothy, and glam. Yes, but what by the by the time we've cast, I don't know, Jason Isaacs as Mister Shellett or something, then I think I, I think I think the budget will be exhausted. Well, in fairness, all these actors have probably haven't been working, have they? Because of social distancing and stuff, so they'll be they'll be grateful for doing it. And plus, it's going to be a la- another landmark TV show, which is going to go on prime time. I mean, you've got Call the Midwife, Kill the Midwife. Kill the Midwife. <laughs> Kill the Midwife. It's the cosy mystery version. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> How marvellous. I mean, because I, I mean, soon they're going to be inundated with unmarried mothers in council blocks, aren't they, in Call the Midwife? We're coming into the 80s. 
must be. No, we're not. So, we, we, we started, were still in the 60s, I think we? we're coming into the 70s, aren't we? How, how long has Call of the, Call of the Midwife has been going on for? It's been over a decade. They should bring Chummy back. <laughs> so, yeah. Bit bonkers. But, yeah, so I think a reason... Tune into our Call the Midwife podcast. No, we don't, we don't have one of them. No, not yet. <laughs> we no, call we, it the mid-pod. The mid-pod. <gasps> or the pod-wife. 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 No. The, I call think the pod-wife. I think the mid-pod, the mid-pod would be great. I wonder if anyone's done a, a, a podcast of Call the Midwife. I am almost certain someone will have done a Call the Midwife podcast. Really? Almost certain. <gasps> that would be to listen to. So, so, dear listeners, so we have cast um, Caution to the Wind as as Abby. Um, Who would you choose as Abby? Who would you choose as Lynn? We are on all social media platforms. We're even on TikTok. No, we're not. Well, I think we have got a TikTok account, yeah. but I've never actually. Well, you've done never it. actually. I, we've we've never done a TikTok. Is, is that what is that what they say? Uh, yeah. Do you do a TikTok, or do you just do a tick? Or a talk. <laughs> no, I think we have got a TikTok account, but I don't. Think we've, I've not done anything with it because I just don't. We've not done any fancy dancing. I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Because so. you're too old. I'm, I'm We're too, too old for for I'm this. Too old. Yes. Yeah. We haven't got. We, I think we've got MySpace. We dust that down. Uh, so we're on the, the key or social friends. media platforms. We're on Twitter. Friends Reunited. <laughs> LinkedIn. No, we don't think we are, are we? Uh, I deleted my LinkedIn. That was a bit bonkers. But so we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Antique Dust. Please let us know. We do our tweet along at 8 o'clock every Sunday. Every Sunday. Where we just have general frothy fun with the rest of the Howard's Way gang. And um, we will be following the entire series from start to finish with a podcast uh, every episode. So we drop the podcast at the end of our tweet along. So you can just keep along with your yachty fun. So in the meantime, please do follow us. You're please. whispering again, John. I know. I, I'm trying to be alluring. Yeah, and sort but of, no one can hear you when you do They that. can hear me. They can hear me in the next county down. Clinton County down? No, all the way in Ar- all the way to <laughs> all Ireland. All the way to Ireland. Yes, they can do, yes. Okay. So uh, please do let us know what your thoughts are on everything Howard's Ray related. In the meantime, it's Jonathan signing off. Farewell. And this is Rob saying bye-bye. Bye-bye. been listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust.